0: I don't wanna be the boy that runs in the back. I don't wanna be the kid in the falls in the dark. All I really want to be is the guy that gets that girl. Welcome to the AJ Steel Show. We discuss politics, sex, money, and everything in between. And now, here's your host, an immigrant, a self-made millionaire. An American, A.J. Steele. Welcome to the A.J. Steele Show. I'm so happy to have all of you with us. So our last show was kind of negative. My son and I went to a rally close to where I live, and we were attacked by various Antifa and Black Lives Matter jerks, a bunch of little punks. And they made us very, very miserable. And I almost swore off rallies completely, but something in my heart told me, no, it's not time to stop. We have to keep going because this is about our country. It's not about what they're doing. It's not about what other people are thinking. It's about doing what's right for America. And we still have the first amendment in this country. And I truly cherish that amendment and that right because I know that there's so many countries and so many places on earth where people cannot speak their own mind. They can't speak against their government. They can't talk against their local elected leaders. (laughs) What am I talking about elected? Most of these places are just dictatorships and totalitarian countries. So I have a lot of respect for the concept of free speech. And I plan to use that First Amendment for as long as I can. And I'm saying that with a hint of sadness You might hear that in my voice, uh, this trepidation, because I truly believe that the Democrats, if they ever take over this country, and there's a very strong chance that they will, I really believe that they'll take those rights away from us. They won't let us speak our mind. It's already becoming that way. It's already becoming dangerous to be a kid in school who has opinions that go against the teachers or counter to the mainstream. Americans all over the place are losing their jobs just for having conservative thoughts and ideas. It's already dangerous to be on social media. You either get shadow banned or they just kick you off the whole platform altogether. What they're basically doing is censoring you. They're making you disappear to the real world. They don't like you. They cut out your YouTube channel or they ban you from Facebook or Twitter. They just kick you off and that's it. That's the kind of power they have. And... Uh, I find that topic fascinating, and we actually have a great interview coming up next week with one of the senior writers of Breitbart News. And I'm sure you all know that website. You've all heard of Breitbart. It's probably one of the top conservative websites in the whole country. Um, His name is Alan Bakari, and he serves as a senior technology correspondent for Breitbart News. And he wrote a very important new book that took him five years to research and write, and it's called Deleted. Big Tech's battle to erase the Trump movement and steal the election. And that's going to happen next week, so I'm looking forward to that interview. But let's get back to this week, because this week was plenty exciting, trust me. So it's Friday night, and my life is very, very super-duper exciting, because guess what I'm doing on Friday night, or Friday evening, I should say. I'm on my phone checking out my Twitter account, okay, the AJ Steel Show Twitter account, And I was basically writing back to some people. People write direct messages. It's like the little email notices. And I was busy doing that. And then somebody sends me the message telling me that, guess what? President Trump is going to be in a town called Minden, Nevada on Saturday at 7 o'clock. I guess the gates open at 4 o'clock and the actual rally starts at 7 p.m. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where's Minden, Nevada? It's a little bit next to Reno, which is about a four-hour drive away from my home. If I left early enough on Saturday, I might actually be able to make it and actually see the president. Now, it wasn't just that simple. There's always an ulterior motive, right? So this is my ulterior motive. My wife, Mrs. Steele, she's not at home. She flew out to Missouri to visit my daughter and my son-in-law for the weekend. And I'm stuck at home with my other kids and I have to cook for them. And I'm the worst cook in the world. So I figured if we go to Nevada, stay the night over there and get to see the president, I don't have to cook. I don't have to do the dishes. I don't have to clean. And everybody's happy, right? I mean, my guy logic just told me that this is a perfect plan. But I couldn't really make that decision. So Friday night, I went to bed thinking about this. And then I wake up Saturday morning and both my daughters tell me, oh, we have to work, so we can't go. But of course, my son, the 14-year-old kid, (laughs) the guy I told you about in the last show, he's stuck with me. He doesn't have a job. He's got to go with me. So come 1030, I tell him, you know what? Get some clothes on. We're going to Nevada. We're going on a road trip. I go online and I book the first hotel room I could find. It's it's kind of short notice, as you can tell. Uh, So it's the only room I can find online. And I could tell you stories about this hotel. It ended up being a no-tell motel, if you know what I mean. But that's for a different show, right? This is all about President Trump. So from 10.30 to 11, we got ready, we booked the hotel, we got our shoes on, we got in the car, and now we're on a four-hour road trip to see President Trump. Hmm, sounds like a lot of fun, right? And believe me, it was one of the best trips we've ever had. So anyway, we were driving and driving, and it's kind of a rough ride because we had to go through the Sierra Nevada mountains, and there's a lot of smoke in the air, so we can't open the windows. But whatever, we got there, and finally we're in Minden, Nevada. I've never been there before. It's a very cute town, but it's very, very small, and it's like in the middle of nowhere. It's about 50 miles south of Reno. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this is not going to be good. Trump will be lucky if a thousand people show up to see him because this is so far away from everyone. And it was like a last moment kind of a rally. But instead of a thousand people, we ended up joining 25,000 patriots. All these guys, they braved the heat. They braved the smoky air. They all came there to hear their president. And let me tell you, President Trump did not fail to deliver he just, he just had a wonderful speech. It was very inspiring. It was very funny. And the whole evening felt like a wonderful combination of like an Elvis concert with Grateful Dead diehard fans, minus the pod, of course, and a church revival. It was kind of a weird feeling. It was very electric. It was like a welcoming atmosphere. And everybody was so happy out there. It was just plain fun to be there. But believe it or not, for me, the greatest take from this whole thing wasn't President Trump. I absolutely enjoyed his speech, and so did everybody else out there. But for me, there were things that were a lot more exciting and much more meaningful than just seeing the president. It wasn't the cops. It wasn't the Secret Service agents. It wasn't seeing the limo, you know, the the beast, that famous limo of the president. And it wasn't even the great burgers that we had just before the rally. And I told you, I didn't want to cook this weekend, so this worked out just perfectly. Great burgers in Minden, Nevada. But honest to goodness, for me, the greatest thing in this rally was just watching a sea of proud Americans of all colors, all creeds, Americans tired of being locked up at home because of the China virus and the huge fires in the West. These were honest, law-abiding, hard-working Americans who are so tired of being talked down to by the media and the liberal establishment. These are the kind of people that are so sick and tired of being called racist for the simple fact that they were born white. They're tired of being abused, tired of being put in a basket of deplorables by these arrogant democratic politicians in the media. You know what I saw that night? I saw good people taking a big breath, spreading their arms and smiling. I've never seen so many happy people in one place. It was like a big weight just lifted off their shoulders. It's like being out there with their president made them feel whole again. And I really mean that, it was an electric atmosphere. It actually felt like the air was crackling with excitement. And it reminded me of the feeling I had 37 years ago when I first came to America and I met these kind of people for the first time. The general feeling I had from these rally goers was that these weren't people that like to cause trouble or look for trouble. But they're also not the kind of Americans that want to take crap from anyone. And I like that. I saw white people. I saw Hispanics. I saw black people. There were hippies there. Yes, hippies. People with dreadlocks and high school kids. And I saw grandmothers and I saw grizzled old veterans. You know, people always try to tell us what Trump supporters are supposed to look and act like. But it's not true. Don't let anyone put you in that kind of a box, ever. Because Trump supporters come in all sizes, and in all shapes, and in all colors, and in all forms. I saw people from Nevada. I met people who drove many hours just like me from California, and there were poor people there, there were middle class people, and there's even very wealthy people that I met. And I didn't get any kind of feeling of hate or bigotry. I didn't get a feeling of envy, and I didn't see any violence. I just saw people who want to do the best they can, and they're tired of being marginalized and stepped on. They just want to live their version of the American dream. And what's wrong with that? Think about it. What's so wrong with that? Now, as for me, I felt like I was with brothers and sisters. I saw the America that I love, and that America was out there to see its champion. A man who's like no other politician, And no, Mr. Trump wasn't an eloquent speaker. He's not a member of the swamp. He's just a human being, an imperfect human being, a billionaire who actually gets it, an American who seems to understand what every one of those 25,000 people understood. America is good. America is an imperfect union, but it still is the greatest country in the world. America is still the shining city on a hill, and we will not give that up. We will not give up that dream so easily. And I don't care what anyone in the fake news media says. If we have to, we will fight to keep our America great. It's our America. It's our America. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I will tell you about the many wonderful people I met and all about this great rally that my son and I got to attend. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to remind everyone to please subscribe to our show and spread the word. This is the AJ Steele Show. All I really want to be is the guy that gets that girl. The AJ Steele Show. Think of your loudmouth best friend, hated by all the wise, because he tells it just like it is. Find me. Welcome back to the AJ Steele Show. You know, times have been very, very rough for this whole country for quite a while now. This whole mess with the COVID-19 and, and all this violence in the street from Antifa and Black Lives Matter to groups whom I consider to be terrorist groups. They've really done a number on all of our souls. They've done a number on our psyches. I think a lot of Americans are depressed. I sense that a lot of Americans feel like we lost the center of this country. We lost the middle. It almost feels like we lost our mojo. And um, to top that off, here in the West Coast, we have all these fires, these nonstop fires and smoke and fear and constant, oh, global warming this and global warming that and It's just really, really negative, and I think that um, we need a break. All of us in America need a break, and I got that kind of a break with this rally that my son and I went to, so I'm not going to get too deep politically. I'm not going to pontificate too much. I'm just going to tell you the story of what happened, and I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. I hope you get a taste of what it felt like to go to this Trump rally in Minden, Nevada. And so on and off, we've been trapped in our homes for the past six months, It started with COVID-19, the kids are not going to school, my daughters are going to college on Zoom, and so is my son going to high school on Zoom. And this is pretty frustrating and miserable. And then we have all these heat waves, and then we had these horrible fires in California, so we couldn't even open our windows because the air was just stifling everywhere. And um, we've had enough, we've just had enough. And on Friday evening, like I said before, I get a notice, I think it was on Twitter, uh, that President Trump is going to be in Minden, Nevada on Saturday, the next day, and that gates open at four o'clock and the big show, the big the big act opens up at seven PM. And I was thinking about going, but I kind of hesitated. It's quite a long drive. There's fires everywhere in California. The air is weird, and who knows, it might be dangerous to be out there. After my last experience with all these cycles from BLM and Antifa, I was a little gun-shy, to say the least. Now, I'm not shy about my guns, trust me, but I was a bit gun-shy. And uh, so I wake up on Saturday morning and around 8 o'clock, and I'm thinking about it, and I said, by 10.30, I say to my son, Yeah, we're going. Now, for all of you who don't know why President Trump had to change his the dates and the times of his rallies to this particular rally in a town that's far away from everything, uh, the reason was that there's a governor in Nevada. His name is Steve Sisolak. He's a Democrat, a total political hack, hatchet kind of man, a guy with no dignity, no pride. All of Las Vegas, all of Reno is open to customers. People are in the bars, people are in the casinos, gambling, no social distancing, very little masks. But he decided to start calling every hall in Nevada, every hall in Reno, every hall in Carson City, every venue in Las Vegas and telling them they cannot host President Trump with more than 50 people. And we all know there's a lot more than 50 people coming to President Trump's rallies. I mean, this is not a Joe Biden rally where five people show up if you're lucky. And out of those five, three happen to be media, right? So President Trump wasn't deterred. He decided to keep going. And he found this place called Minden, Nevada, which is about 50 miles south of Reno. It's in the middle of nowhere. But whatever, you do what you have to do. And we all know that President Trump is going to make lemonade out of the lemons that Democrats throw his way. So my son and I got in the car at about 11 o'clock and we took off driving to the Sierra Nevada. And we drove through Sacramento, which was completely covered in smoke. we That's the state capital of California. And uh, then we turn over to the South Lake Tahoe area. That's a resort area where many Californians and Nevada people go for skiing. And it's a beautiful lake. It's just a gorgeous environment in the beautiful Sierra Nevada mountain chains. I don't usually go there in the summer, but we do go there in the winter sometimes when we take the kids skiing. I'm not much of a ski guy. I don't really like the cold weather and the snow, but the kids love to ski and snowboard and all all that stuff. So we take them there a couple of times a year in the winter. So we're driving up the mountains. And as you know, when you drive up mountains, there's very, very low oxygen. And the problem is we can't open our windows. So we're doing the, you know, an AC on and recirculating because it's very hot. We can't open the windows because of all the smoke and the air is thin to begin with. And we reach a point on top of the mountains there. And I'm starting to feel really woozy. <laughs> my fingers fingers starting to get that tingling sensation when you don't get enough oxygen. But unfortunately, my son is only 14 and he doesn't drive yet. So I can't stop. And I asked him how he felt. And he said about the same way. So, you know, we drank a little water. We kept going. Hey, anything for the cause. Anything to see President Trump. It was basically President Trump or bust. And we weren't going to miss this for anything in the world. Now, mind you, we forgot to eat breakfast, and we couldn't stop because the way the drive was, we had to get there by 4 o'clock, and our our little uh, app there on the phone was telling us that we would get there by 3.45, so we figured we'll get there at 3.45, grab a bite to eat, and head over to the rally. So we're driving, and it's beautiful country, but unfortunately very smoky and um, a little depressing. It's very depressing when you see a natural wonder covered with smoke and all these horrible fires that should have been managed so much better by California and by Oregon and Washington. And, um, you know, that's the results of uh, Democrat politics. That's the results of the policies of the left. They don't let people cut trees. They don't let people clear the forests. The environmentalists don't let anybody touch anything in nature. Now, add to that the psychopyromaniacs who are starting fires all over the place, either for political reasons or sexual gratification. It doesn't really matter why they do it, right? and then they're surprised where everything burns down, and Of course, they like to blame it on global warming or what what do they call it now climate change. You know, once the warming thing went down in some places, they started calling it climate change and look, the temperatures are going up in the world slightly, but we don 't know if it's man made or not, and I'm not one of those guys that hates the environment. I totally advocate for taking care of the environment, but I also know that people have to eat. We have to have factories. We have to have cars. We have to have electricity. So I'm not against being a good steward of the environment. As a matter of fact, I advocate for that, but I'm also a realist. And on the way there, I was telling my son, we have to find a balance with nature, but we can't just stop living either. And uh, really interestingly, President Trump talked about many of those things in a much rougher way, of course. He was talking about uh, windmills and this and that, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the story. But anyway, we get to the town of Minden. We're starving. We get gas. The first thing we do is get gas. And the first thing I notice is gasoline in Nevada is $2.20 per gallon. Now, to most of you in America, it might not sound like a lot of money, but I live in California, where there's taxes on this and taxes on that. Everything is taxed. The gas is taxed. The special blends for the winter are taxed. And then they tax the special blends for the summer. So gas where I live is $3.80 per gallon. That's California. But here I am in Nevada, four hours away from my home, and I'm paying $2.20. So I filled up as much as I could. I had my wife's car. I had a small car, so I didn't have a lot of room in the tank for more gas. And I wish I had a bunch of cans, but I didn't. But it's amazing, isn't it? Two twenty-four gallon versus three eighty—that's a one dollar sixty cent difference per gallon of gas, and that's California for you: taxes and price gouging. And the same Democrats who are running California. Well, they want to run your state too. As a matter of fact, they want to run the whole country. Just beware. Okay, so we filled up. We drove down closer to the airport where this whole event was going to happen, and then our stomachs are starting to rumble like crazy. But it's 3.45 and we have to be there by 4. So we stopped at a place. We grabbed a couple of burgers. Really good burgers down there in Minden, Nevada. We got a couple of Sundays. I got the chocolate. My son got the strawberry. A couple of drinks. A little French fries. And we headed to the rally. And mind you, I'm expecting about 1,000 people. I'm telling my son, you know what? We're going to sit right next to the president because I don't think anybody's going to be out here. I mean, this is so far away from civilization. It's a small town. It's very cute. Very nice people out there, and there's Trump signs everywhere, which is totally surprising because where I live in California, you get shot for having a Trump sign. Now, we don't see too many Biden signs in California, which is very interesting because four years ago, there were Hillary stickers on every Prius and every car, every Prius, every Subaru. You know, isn't it funny how every Prius driver has to have either a Hillary sticker or it has to have a Bernie sticker? The interesting thing is I see more Obama stickers now than I see new Biden-Harris stickers. And that's kind of telling. And that's here in California, liberal crazy California. Anyway, we grab the burgers. We drive down to the place. And I say, oh, my goodness, because the sight that we saw was unbelievable. There's cars as far as the eye can see. And they're all parking on the side of the highway. I've never seen anything like this. I expected a few cars. I expected a few Trump flags, but no, this was like thousands of cars and they're all parking and there's no parking anywhere. They're all like pulling off the highway and parking and it's getting farther and farther away from the airport where we're supposed to go. So we drive real quick. We found a little spot. We drove off the highway. We parked. I put on my Make America Great hat and my son put in an American flag hat. We lock up the doors grabbed our food because we're going to eat it while we're walking there or while we're waiting in line. And we started walking towards this rally because the rally itself is about a mile or a mile and a half away. And man, there were so many people out there. And the real shocking, almost surprising thing was how many young people I saw. There were kids there who were like high school kids. I saw college age kids. I saw a bunch of gay kids. Heck, I even saw some transgender people out there, and they're all wearing Trump hats. You know, the mainstream media has created an image for Trump supporters. You know, they're toothless, they're white people with very low education, full of tats, driving trucks, racists, evil people that work at McDonald's if they're lucky. And you know, this is absolutely the opposite of the truth that I saw there and it was very refreshing and it was liberating because I saw all kinds of Americans and I was very proud to be one of them. I was very proud to be a part of that and I looked over at my son. You may remember last time when I took him to a rally, people screamed at him and called him every name in the book and he kind of cowered in the corner because it was a very dangerous situation well, today he started looking around and he saw fellow patriots, and all of a sudden his little chest puffed out, and he stood a little taller and prouder. He was amongst family. He was amongst other Americans, and he felt what it's like to be a patriot, an unbowed, unafraid American patriot. And then we walked towards the line, and my goodness, there's thousands of people waiting in line. It's absolutely insane an absolute sea of humanity, a bunch of wonderful people, and they're all smiling and happy and they're excited and they can't wait to see the president. They're all waving their red, white, and blue and they're wearing their Make America Great hats and they have their t-shirts and flags and it's just a pandemonium. But it was such a nice, organized pandemonium. And let me tell you, I've been to many, many huge events like that. I've been to the Super Bowl, I've been to... The Rolling Stones, Paul McCartney, Billy Joel. I've seen a lot of great acts. I've seen a lot of stadium shows. I've seen U2. I've seen uh, ACDC. In other words, I've seen shows with huge crowds. Some of them even had ninety to 100,000 people in there. But I didn't feel the excitement that I felt at this Trump rally at any of those other shows. And I didn't see people so well organized, so decent, so kind to each other at those shows. This was just an incredible feeling. And again, I'm a guy that's lived a little bit, so I don't get excited over little things. But this was a very unique experience. It was a very unique time. It was a very unique place in history. It was just a very special moment. Now, I have to take a little break, and I promise you that when we get back, I'm going to tell you all about the wonderful people I met at this rally and all the other great stuff that I got to see and do. This is the AJ Steel Show. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the AJ Steel Show, where no topic is off limits, no discussion too harsh. No truth more true. The AJ Steele Show. We tell it like it is. So my son and I were in Minden, Nevada. We are walking about a mile and a half, and then we arrive at this huge holding area. There's about three or 4,000 people out there just waiting to get into the airport to see uh, President Trump. And uh, I guess the big weight is because they're doing temperature checks to make sure that people don't have the COVID-19 virus, which is ridiculous because if we had it or if somebody had it out there, he would give it to anyone and everyone out there anyway. And a lot of times people are very asymptomatic. So temperature wouldn't really show you anything, but that's the ridiculousness of what they had to do. And I understand why they did it, but we're all holding in there and I'm just meeting a bunch of very, very nice people. And of course... I had to meet the one kooky guy in the whole place, the kind of guy that gives Trump supporters a bad name. And he walks up to me. He's a big guy. He's wearing a hat that says Rangers. Army Rangers, that is. And, you know, he walks up to me and starts talking, running his mouth off. You know, those kind of guys, some of them pretend to be police officers or ex-police officers. Some of them are the kind of guys that we all meet. And we absolutely know they never served a day in the military, but they pretend to be military. So naturally, out of a million people out there, he has to find me. And he comes to me and says, well, I want to talk to you. And I want you to know that I've killed a lot of people in my life in all the wars. (laughs) And I was thinking to myself, which war of Vietnam? The guy was about 30, 35. And then he says, I hope you know that I can kill you in 50 different ways. And you wouldn't even see it coming. And I said, oh, boy, it's one of those kind of guys. But whatever, you know, it happens. Every big crowd is going to have one kook. And having lived a little bit, I don't take these kind of people too seriously. I kind of go along with them. I make them feel good about themselves. And then I kind of walk away the fastest way I can. And, um, So I'm waiting in line. I was eating my big burger there because I was starving. My son was eating the burger. We weren't the most, uh, how should I say, uh, we were basically the opposite of what you would think of uh, if you're thinking about classy people, okay? I mean, the burger juice was running all over our clothes and, you know, all the mayonnaise. My goodness, it wasn't a pretty sight, but when you're hungry, you eat. That's what you do. And it wasn't exactly like there was a table there and napkins. and Well, okay, we had a few napkins, Okay. It was a mess, but the burger tasted so good after not eating breakfast or lunch. And then all of a sudden, somebody behind me said hi to me, and uh, we started talking. And it was a very lovely woman, probably around 50 years old, 50, 51. And she told me she drove all the way from the Bay Area, just like me. She lived in a very nice community, a very, very wealthy, affluent kind of place. She looked like a highly educated lady. She was very well-spoken, very well-dressed. And uh, she told me she's a Trump fan, just like I was. And when she heard of this rally happening, she had to drive. So she drove four hours to get there. Then all of a sudden, other people tell me, yeah, we also drove from California. We came from here. We came from there. I was surprised. I thought that was the only one out there that drove four hours. And no, there's so many people out here in the West that are craving, craving to be with like-minded people. There's so many conservatives out on the West Coast, and you never hear about them because we're almost muted by the media. We're muted by society for just being conservatives. Conservatives in the West Coast and out in the East Coast are treated like lepers. And many of these conservatives are very important parts of society. They have important jobs, they pay a lot of taxes, many of them employ many people, they contribute to society, and yet they're completely marginalized by this government-media complex. And it's not a good thing. These people are the silent majority. They are the backbone of America. What they are is the dwindling middle class. They're not the bums that live off the government and get welfare and get free housing and free everything. And they're not the uber rich that also don't pay a fair share of taxes because they have all the corporate welfare and they have a bunch of write-offs, a bunch of corporate write-offs. No, these are the real Americans. This is middle-class America that I saw. And this is who the Trump voters are. Now, I kept talking to this lady and it was so much fun. She was telling me that she uh, is a piano teacher and she teaches all her kids and we started talking about children, and she told me, "I have ten kids, and I said, "No," and she said, "Oh, yes, and they're all here and I said, "Where are they?" and she said, "Right behind me <laughs> and I saw a bunch of guys, you know different age kids, some of them are adults, some of them high schoolers, some of them even junior high kids, and what a nice family and I got to meet her husband and uh it was just really nice talking to them to see like minded people that come from different circumstances maybe, but we're so alike. And uh, that was a part of uh, the great experience I had at the rally. And then we finally reached the gates, and uh, they checked my temperature. And no, I didn't have a 106-degree temperature, and neither did my son. So I guess we don't have COVID. If we have it or had it, we will never know. And uh, then we split away from these people, and we started walking in. And what's blaring on the big, big speakers with all those millions of people out there? Beat It by Michael Jackson. Okay, I didn't expect that. But there's a lot of things I didn't expect. Including being stuck like a bunch of sardines along with 25,000 other people in a rally. A rally that wasn't even supposed to happen a day before. And so my son and I started walking towards the stage. And they are already Thousands and thousands of people there. All the seats have been taken by now. There was no room. But we found this one corner where you could actually see the stage where the president was going to speak. And we started crowding in there. And different kind of people started talking to me. Some people actually knew me or rather knew the show, the A.J. Steele show. And we talked a little bit. And they told me about Michael Savage, how much they love him, and Mark Levin. There were a lot of Michael Savage and Mark Levin fans out there in the Trump rally. And we just had a good old time. The music was playing. People were kind of bouncing around, feeling free, feeling unrestrained, maybe. It almost felt like a big uh, Woodstock, a big conservative Woodstock in the year 2020, right? And um, we were all waving to the fake news media cameras and we were chanting. It was just a very freewheeling kind of atmosphere And then it was getting a little dark, and it was getting close to uh, President Trump's uh, official time, or the official time when he was going to start talking, and I got to meet this wonderful young couple. It was a beautiful young lady and her husband. I don't think they were any more than 25, 26. They were in that range, and they also drove quite a distance, uh, not as far as I did, but they came from the Sacramento area in California. And we got to talking, and I got a very interesting perspective into the minds of young Americans who are just starting their marriage and starting their young life together. And when I get back from my break, I'll tell you all about it. This is the AJ Steele Show. AJ Steele. Not right. Not left, just right. Welcome back to the AJ Steele Show. So we're talking about all the incredible people I got to meet at this rally and, um, I know I'm not talking a lot about President Trump, but most of people that are going to listen to our show already know what he had to say. They know the standard speech. They know what he stands for. And I wanted to take a little bit of a different angle in this show today and talk about the kind of people that support President Trump and just talk about the general experience I had there uh, at this big rally in Minden, Nevada. I met so many different kind of people from all over the West Coast, and I met people that were professionals, white-collar people. I met blue-collar people. I met this gorgeous young lady in her probably late 20s uh, who was there with her father. She just took her elderly dad to see President Trump. And I thought that was such a nice gesture. And she was having such a great time. And her dad was having such a great time. And she was taking such nice care of him. I was very, very impressed with that. Now, I know I keep talking about how beautiful all the women were at this Trump rally. And let me tell you something. I don't think it's me. I think that women that like President Trump are just gorgeous. I think beautiful women feel strong. Beautiful women feel comfortable in their own skin. And beautiful women don't have a problem saying what they think. And I'm just telling you, it's not me. It's just how it was. Trump fans are really beautiful people. And that's how I felt. Now, let's get back to... uh, probably the most interesting people I met at this rally, or to me, they were just fascinating because they were a young couple. The young lady was a uh, a school nurse and her husband was a plumber and they had a two-year-old daughter. Basically, they're just starting out their lives. And I asked them, so how is it that you're here at a Trump rally? You're young, you live in California most people in California at your age hate President Trump. And I asked him, was it your family? I mean, are you conservatives? And I said, no, actually most of our family members happen to be liberals. Our grandparents are very liberal. People around us are very liberal. So I asked him, what gives? And the husband basically explained the whole thing to me. This whole deal with COVID-19, this whole deal with the lockups, with this whole deal with destroying over the businesses and them watching how people suffer made them wake up. They watched a couple of videos. They listened to a couple of shows and they started thinking, you know, this is not right. And then the young lady, the school nurse told me that she watches all the teachers in her school and they're all so liberal and they're so indoctrinating to all the kids. And that made her very angry because she could tell that they're not telling the kids the truth. They have an agenda and they're trying to spoil them and ruin their young minds. They're trying to mold them into young little communists, young little America haters. And the more she worked at the school, the more this annoyed her because she just saw this disparity between the truth and the agenda-driven stuff that the teachers are teaching and the whole administration. I mean, the whole school system is directed that way. And so this young couple together just came to the conclusion that this is not right. This is not the kind of America that they want to live in and the kind of America they want for their daughter's future. And so they told me that they're thinking about homeschooling their daughter. Now, she only happens to be two, so it's going to be a while, but they just don't want her to fall into that horrible system where she ends up hating her race, hating her country, hating her parents, and I don't blame them. Again, I really appreciated what they had to say because they live in a very liberal area. In California, if you even dare say that you're a conservative or a, a Trump supporter, you looked at like you have, you're a leper, like you have leprosy. And I thought it was very interesting that these two came to their own conclusion. And I thought they were very lovely and very thoughtful people. And I love people that are outside the box, people that dare to think for themselves. And it inspired me because... We always hear of all these young people who hate America. They're out there protesting, burning things, looting, talking bad about the white race, talking about our founding fathers, talking bad about everything that has to do with our great country and talking up a storm about other countries and how great they are. As an immigrant, I could tell you other countries are not better. There's a reason why we all want to come to America. It's a great country and we need to make it great again, not denigrate it, not destroy it. We need to return this country to the values that it was founded on, a Judeo-Christian nation, a hard-working nation, a nation of individual people, a nation of free thinkers who speak their own mind, a people that ask, what can I do for my country, not what my country can do for me? And sadly, we've been moving away from that whole mentality of rugged individualism, of, of accountability, of working hard, of taking care of ourselves. This is not the kind of America that I came to. And it seems to me like a lot of these young people are realizing this is not the kind of America they want. And in some ways, this young couple, this school nurse and this plumber, they reminded me that there's still a lot of good in America and that there's a hope in this country. We're not finished. We're just beginning with this new awakening that we're having. We're not going to end this thing with anger and self-recriminations and civil wars. We're going to build a beautiful country, maybe even a more beautiful country than we've ever had. And I was just enjoying this young couple so much, and my son was having fun. And all of a sudden, we start hearing little rumblings, and then the rumblings become louder and louder. And all of a sudden, the rumblings become a huge roar, a huge roar, just everywhere, 25,000 people screaming. And right on that stage, walks President Donald Trump. Elvis has entered the building. I'm not going to talk about what he said because you can check it out on YouTube. You can see it on TV. He gave his great speech. He spoke up for the American people. He made some jokes. He was rude a little bit. He did everything that the crowd wanted him to do. And the crowd just adored him. And I realize it's not so much about him as a person It's all about what he stands for. He is America's cheerleader. And we need cheerleaders. We need to feel like we're moving forward, not backward. We need to feel like somebody cares for us as much as we care for him. And that somebody cares for our country as much as we care for America. Ladies and gentlemen, the dream is not ending. It's just beginning. This is just the beginning. And this is the AJ Steele Show. Take care. AJ Steele Show, copyrighted 2020.